Nutrition is part of our world and nutrients are what our body needs. But with all the fads, gimmicks, trends, and unrealistic ideas about eating, things can be very confusing. Let's dig through the hype and adopt a way of eating that is sustainable and provides the nutrients we need without freaking out over our food. Join me if you're ready to be over the dogma that there's a right and a wrong way to eat. Here, we navigate eating healthier in the real world. Hello, and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Rael, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. I invite you to listen to this podcast with an open mind and be willing to let go of long-standing beliefs about nutrition. I am a nutrition myth buster, helping to dispel myths and misinformation about food and nutrition. I help people have improved health, wellness, and energy without dieting. Welcome to today's show. and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. Today's topic, ignore the dirty dozen. I will hear people talk about clean eating and I will often ask them, what does that mean to them? And clean eating has many interpretations. People have their various definitions of it. I'm always curious because there is no actual specific definition of what people call clean eating. But there is sometimes a snarky response that I get from people that is, uh, clean eating to me is I wash my fruits and veggies. Now, that may not be snarky. That is reality. That's a good choice. And that's a good way of saying I eat clean, perhaps. And that's usually not what what most people are referring to. Washing your fruits and vegetables is a good rule of thumb for everyone. And all fruits and veggies, even those with inedible or inedible skins or skins we don't usually eat, like melons and avocados, should be washed. When we don't wash our produce, there's a potential danger of bacteria on the food. A knife can take bacteria from the surface of that fruit or vegetable and carry it through to the edible portion of the fruit and vegetable. And there's a whole new risk of getting sick. And as I said, this is related to bacteria. And even with melons, for example, we want to wash the surface of that fruit before cutting into it 
in case there's any type of bacteria on there. And I also tell people, you just never know how many people have touched your fruit or vegetable from the time it was from the farm to packaging to the store to your home. I remember a time I was at the store and someone dropped a container of grape tomatoes, picked them all up, and put them back on the shelf. And at that point, I said, I will always wash my fruits and vegetables. Always. So as I mentioned already, that people will bring up what is called the dirty dozen list, what I refer to as the infamous dirty dozen list. This dirty dozen is a list of 12 foods, 12 fruits and vegetables that put out by the environmental working group that they have come up with that suggest or where they say we should always buy organic. Now I do want to point out some things here first. I personally don't always buy organic anything. I've had people ask me, what is the one food or what is what are foods that you always buy organic? And there is none. I will go shopping and I acknowledge this is a point of privilege and I will buy what is available there without paying attention whether or not it is organic or not. If I'm buying frozen cherries and it happens to be organic, fine. If it's not, I don't keep walking. I want the frozen cherries. So I will buy organically grown foods, but I won't go out of my way for them or to avoid conventionally grown foods in favor of organically grown foods. And I've had a previous episode of what is the definition or what is organic mean? What is what is what qualifies as organic in growing methods? I will link that in the show notes. Now, I will buy food, and if the price is reasonable and I like it, and it also happens to be organic, that's fine. If the price is reasonable and I like it, and it isn't organic, so what? Even if the food is on this dirty dozen list, I don't care. I will buy tomatoes, nectarines, grapes, apples, and cherries and not pay attention to whether or not they are organic. And as I said, if they happen to be, fine, but I don't pay attention. But what about this pesticide residue? The Environmental Working Group list of Dirty Dozen is referring to pesticide residue on these various fruits and vegetables and identifying these 12 fruits and veggies as the ones with the highest pesticide residue. However, the Environmental Working Group list has skewed the numbers just a bit, not just a bit, actually quite a lot. It is true. It is true that the fruits and vegetables on their list do have higher pesticide residue compared to other fruits and vegetables. But what the list doesn't point out that the residues are very, very low if they're even present at all. Research shows that people, if people follow the list, they have no decrease 
in in risk related to pesticide exposure because the residue is so low on the conventionally grown produce, there's no measurable difference of pesticide exposure. And a sampling conducted by the U.S. Department of Agriculture consistently shows that there's that more than 99% of any residue on foods, if even detectable, is far below the Environmental Protection Agency's established safe levels. Now, I acknowledge some people are skeptical of government agencies, and I've even had people tell me that they don't follow any government recommendations ever. Though when I ask them, they do admit they wear seatbelts and stop at stop signs. And I'm guessing they also pay sales tax. But I tend to move on when people tell me some of these extreme, very black and white statements. Now, back to research about pesticide residue and this dirty dozen list. Additional research suggests as well, that this list and the messaging around this, avoiding these so-called dirty dozen fruits and vegetables, actually discourage people from purchasing organic and conventionally grown produce. So they avoid buying certain fruits or vegetables, many fruits and vegetables, especially among the low-income population, low-income shoppers. I have said I don't pay attention to the details of organic or not. I just don't. And I want to acknowledge that is a point of privilege. I know. I'm at a point in my life where I can buy foods without having to pay too much attention to how much they cost. I also teach nutrition and meal planning classes to a segment of my local population that gets $60 a week. For their food. $60 a week. I specifically tell them to go with the most cost-effective way of buying fruits and vegetables for them. And usually I'm not recommending organic. I also teach nutrition classes at my local community college. I don't know how much they have for their food budget each week, but a lot of them do would qualify for food pantry and assistance for food. We have a food pantry at my community college and a lot of students come and get food from it. So I'm not going to tell them to choose organic over conventionally grown or readily available food. Now, there is a place where I do direct direct consumers. I go there on my own on occasion is the Safe Fruits and Vegetables Pesticide Residue Calculator. This is at safefruitsandveggies.com. I will provide a link in the show notes for that. And this is a place where someone can look up how much fruits and veggies they can eat before pesticide residue is a concern. And they've got uh, man, woman, and I believe it's teen and child you can look at. I always click on the woman, so I really haven't paid attention to the other ones. And you can pick that. You can pick woman, for example, and then click on a whole list of fruits and vegetables that they have. And it will tell you how much, how many servings of that fruit or how many servings of that vegetable 
that person can have before they would even come close to the pesticide residue um, records. So let me just give you a couple examples. So when I use myself, it doesn't ask for age, it just assumes an adult woman. And I click on cherry tomatoes. It says I could eat 946 servings of cherry tomatoes in one day without any effect, even if those cherry tomatoes have the highest pesticide residue recorded for cherry tomatoes by the USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's not 946 cherry tomatoes. That's 946 cups of those tomatoes. I could have 850 servings of an apple in one day, which an apple, one serving is one apple. So 850 apples in one day without any effect, even if those apples had the highest pesticide residue recorded. And one more, I could have 1,190 servings of cherries in one day without any effect if the cherries had the highest pesticide residue recorded for cherries. One serving of cherries is 21 cherries. So I would need to eat 24,990 cherries in one day to even have a concern. That's a lot of servings. And I say this, if anyone is eating that much each day, there's bigger issues that we need to address other than pesticide residue. So my recommendation is to stop living by, stop quoting or stop suggesting that we follow the dirty dozen. It isn't worth the time, effort or the scare tactics. Just eat your fruits and veggies and don't discriminate. If you want to, that's fine. You really can follow it if you want, but there really is no need to. That's Real World Nutrition this week. You take care. Have a great week. Bye for now. invite you to join the Real World Nutrition Facebook group at Real World Nutrition. Sign up for my weekly email newsletter at ShellyRiel.com. Connect with me on your favorite social media sites by checking the links in the show notes. If you have a nutrition-related question you would like addressed in the podcast, post it in the Real World Nutrition Facebook group, or use the form on my website, ShellyRiel.com, and click on Contact. Thanks for listening. Bye now.